Hey everybody, Worldwide Jew here, and today on this episode, we are going to be talking about Persian Jews. Although Persian Jews classify as Mizrahi, I'm dedicating an episode to Persian Jews because they don't fit in the general uh, Arabic culture of Jews from the Middle East and North Africa, so they deserve their own episode, and I'll be discussing more about this in the next section. Well, I'll be talking about why Persian Jews, about Persian Jews, and why I classify them as a different different Jewish ethnic group. In this episode, the sections are the sections are some general information about Persian Jews, why I'm, de- why I'm dedicating an episode to Persian Jews, and why I classify them as a different Jewish ethnic group. The language of Persian Jews, history of the Persian Jews, Persian Jewish food, Persian Jews in the USA, and the relation and the relationship to Iran and Israel, Persian Jews in Iran and the relationship to Israel, Persian Jews during the Holocaust, and a bonus section, and finally talking a bonus section where I'm talking about things that don't really make into the episode, and finally talking about my personal experiences and conclusions. Um, conclusions, you know, summing up the episode. Persian Jews or Iranian Jews, um, Yehudim Parsim, are Jews historically associated with the Persian Empire, whose successor state is Iran. The biblical book of Esther contains references to the experiences of the Jews in Persia. Jews have had a continuous presence in Iran since the time of Cyrus the Great of the Achaemenid Empire. Cyrus invaded Babylon and freed the Jews from Babylonian captivity. Persian Jews, also called Iranian Jews, are the members of the Jewish community living in Iran throughout the former greatest, greatest extent of the Persian Empire. Judaism is the second oldest religion still existing in Iran after Zoroastrianism, and and it's and it has a long and varied history in the region. Today, mass majority, the vast majority of Persian Jews live in Israel and the United States, especially in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, and on the north shore of Long Island. According to the latest Iranian census, the reigning Jewish population of Iran was nine nine thousand eight hundred twenty six in twenty sixteen. I'll get to more about the Jewish population in Iran in later in the episode. Today, the term Iranian Jews is most is most is mostly used to refer to the Jews from the country of Iran. In various scholarly and historical texts, the term is used to refer to Jews who speak various Iranian languages. Iranian immigrants, nearly all of whom are Jewish, are referred Iranian immigrants in Israel, nearly all of whom are Jewish, are referred to as Parsim, meaning Persians. In Iran, Jews and Jewish people in general are referred to by four common terms. Kalimi, Persian, which is considered the most proper term, Yehudi, which is less formal but correct, Israel, which the term by which the Jews refer to themselves, and Yehud, Johud, I don't, I don't speak Persian, so I don't know how to say it, a term having negative connotations and considered by many Jews as offensive. It is specifically sufficiently so, shown that Jews have been that there have been Jews in Persia since the earliest times, and that the history of the Jews have been associated with Persia in various ways. The biblical allusion to the rages Avistan Raga, Old Persian Raga, Istamana, Old Persian Hagamantana, Modern Persian Hamadan, and Susa might be added to others to prove the fact. The presence of Israelites in Iran may have been due originally to their deportation from other countries or to colonization, or to relations arising from conquest or from political connections, but trade and commerce also must have contributed since the earliest times, and Jewish communities have maintained themselves in, in the leading Persian cities down to the present time, especially in business centers such as Hamadan, Isfahan, Kermanshah, Shiraz, Tehran, and Mashhad, where they have much where they have been much persecuted. Uh, some idea as to the number of and condition of the Jews in Persia may be gathered f- from the articles on on these several cities and from the following uh, quotation from Kurzan's Persia. 
usually com usually compelled to live apart in a ghetto or se or separate quarter of the towns. They are from time immemorial suffer from disabilities of occupation, dress, and habits, which have marked them out as social pariahs from their fellow creatures. The majority of Jews in Persia are engaged in trade, in jewelry, in wine, and opium manufacturing. Manufacture as musicians, dancers, scavengers, peddlers, and in other professions to which to which is attached no great respect. They rarely attain a leading mercantile position in Isfahan, where they are said to be three thousand seven hundred, and where they occupy relatively better status than elsewhere in Persia. They are not permitted to wear the kola or a Persian headdress, to have shop in the bazaar, or to build walls of their houses as high as the, as the Muslim neighbors, or to ride in the streets. In Tehran and Kashan, they are also found to be in large numbers and, and enjoying a fair position. In Shiraz, they are very badly off. At Bushire, they are prosperous and free from persecution. As soon, however, any as any outburst of bigotry takes place in Persia and elsewhere, the Jews are apt to be the first victims. Jews who migrated to ancient Persia mostly lived in, in their own communities. The Persian Jewish communities include the ancient and until mid-20th century still existing communities, not of only Iran, but parts of what is now Afghanistan, Azerbaijan, Northwest India, Kyrgyzstan, North Turkestan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Some of the communities have been isolated from other Jewish communities to the extent that their classification as Persian Jews is a matter of linguistic or geographic convenience rather than an actual historical relationship with one another. During the peak of the Persian Empire, Jews are thought to have comprised as much as 20% of the population. Persian Jews were mentioned in many biblical books such as Isaiah, Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Persian Jews, Persian Jews population Nowadays, it is most concentrated in Tehran and other big cities such as Isfahan and Shiraz. Persian Jews were also mentioned in many biblical books such as Isaiah, Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. After the overthrow of Babylonia by the Achaemenid Empire, Cyrus the Great allowed the Jews to practice their religion and return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. Their temple's reconstruction was carried out by Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The Parthians were also very protective of the Jewish minority in ancient Persia. Iran has one of the oldest Jewish communities uh, communities outside Israel. Jews first appeared in Iran at the time of the destruction of the first temple, 6th century BCE. The Jews had been conquered by the Babylonians and many were brought back to Babylonian Babylon as slaves. Cyrus the Great, who, found that, uh, who founded the Achaemenid dynasty, conquered Babylon in 539 BCE. Cyrus allowed the enslaved Jews to return to Israel. Not all the Jews returned. Scattered Jewish colonies were established in Babylon and various Persian provinces as well as Hamadan and Susa. The experiences of the Jews in Persia under the Achaemenids are described in the Bible, the books of Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Daniel. Jews in per Persia tended to live in their own communities. Persia was a huge multinational empire. Thus, Persian Jewish communities exist not only in modern Iran, but as what, what is now known as Afghanistan, Azerbaijan, Northwest India, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, uh, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Jews during the Sassanid uh, dynasty prospered and spread throughout Persia, albeit they experienced some persecution from two to and uh, the, the Sassanid uh, dynasty from 226 to, four, to four, six, uh, 642 AD. Arab Muslims conquered per when Arab Muslims conquered Persia in 642, uh, Persia became part of the Caliphate. Persia was an extremely backward state. Persian Jews were persecuted and suffered discrimination. Some Persian Jewish communities were forced to convert to, is to, convert to Islam. Some Jews, as, as Zainim developed, emigrated to Palestine, which at the time was an Ottoman province. Iranian Jews have traditionally been an urban people who lived together in self-reliant quarters called Mahalla. Houses were often grouped on alleyways and had low entrances for protection against forced entry. The Jews had their own education system and took care of, distributed, and prepared their own food. 
Because the Jews were prohibited from only lying and feared, be and feared being robbed be because there are no banks, Jews often engaged in money lending as a way of disposing their excess cash. Many worked at jobs within the Jewish community, such as religion leaders, butchers, and ritual slaughterers. Others worked as masons, druggists, doctors, winemakers, li and liquor and carpet merchants. Jews have been among Iran's leading musical performers and fortune tellers and herbalists. When opportunities opened up under the Pahlavis, they worked as teachers and civil servants. Iranian Jews typically lived in nuclear families today, but uh, but their but their past their, but in the past their basic social unit was the, called the Kanavada a three-generation patrilineal family that lived together and operated as an economic unit. Marriages were typically arranged when the girl was very young, often before she was in her teens. Cousin marriages were, were common and often preferred. The husband was often ten years ten or more or more ten years or more older than his wife. Dowries were paid and were often very high. In recent years, marriage customs have become more similar to those in the West. Synagogues have traditionally served as a center of social life as well as religious life. Many men attended synagogue daily. Separation of spouses during uh, messes has, tra has traditionally been observed. The Jews generally kept a low profile and went out of their way to avoid trouble. They rarely resorted to violence, no matter what the proclamation, because they feared retrib retribution. Last, name in last names in Iran were not customarily used until the early 20th century, when Reza Shah, in an effort to modernize the country, decreed that everyone should take on last names. Family names of Persian descent uh, usually end in suffixes that connote something in th of their relation to others or contain the name of cities from which their ancestors probably pr presumably hail. Suff suffixes such as E meaning of, which it would, would be added to na city names such as Shiraz to form Shirazi, a common Persian last name. Those indicating family ties are Zadeh, born of, poor, son of, or Najad, from the race of. These suffixes would be added to the former first names of ancestral antiquity. Some have the suffixes Ian or Stan, traditionally indicating that the family is from Iran. Still, others are more difficult to place, possibly indicating some quality or feature that may have distinguished an ancestor or used as a marker of unknown symbolic significance. A last name such as Girmezi, for instance, translates to mean of red. In the case of our family, the name Simagar means silversmith, indicating the trade for which our, the family was known. Our other last name is Revizaya, which in indicating born of the rabbis, uh, which would mean, uh, like, I'm getting this information from article, my husband is a descendant of both working people and rabbis. Today, there's an estimated 300,000 to 350,000 Persian Jews worldwide, and as with most other Jewish ethnic groups, they, most of them live in Israel with a population of about 200,000 to 250,000. There are also other per Persian Jew commu Jewish communities worldwide, most notably, in, most notably in the USA at around 60,000 to 80,000, 60, 80, living mostly in Great Neck, New York, and, and in Los Angeles and the surrounding suburbs. Surprisingly, a fair amount of Persian Jews also live in Iran at around 8,000 to 10,000, and my personal, um, from sources that's like, from sources that's like my personal thing and also like based on the sources you know around 8,000 to 10,000 Jews still live in Iran. Uh, Canada around 1,000 and Australia around 740. There are also even there are also smaller communities of Persian Jews in Western Europe most no, most notably Paris and London and even South America but I'm not sure of population numbers where is probably uh, most likely only in the few in only a few in the tens or the hundreds. Persian Jews also live in various countries around the world where, where their population is, is negligible in the countries that are not stated. So, you know, not like, you know, Iran, Israel, USA, 
you know, the UK, uh, France, or Australia, or Canada, like, not none of those countries, but it's knowledgeable, and it's not really, like, to for, enough to form a community. But yes, there are Persian Jews in, like, countries that I have not mentioned. I will now be talking about why I'm making this, this episode about Persian Jews as a distinct Jewish ethnic group. This is my personal opinion, so this section will be rather short. One reason why Persian Jews are a distinct Jewish ethnic group is because they have a Persian culture as opposed to a general North African Maghrebi culture and a general Middle Eastern culture. Although Iran uh, is considered a part of the Middle East, you know, Arabic, like Mustarabi culture, you know, Iran has like a separate, you know, Persian culture. Although Persian Jews are considered Mizrahi, the, je the definition of Mizrahi simply means Eastern, which can refer to anything that is in the East, and in which Mizrahi refers to the Middle East. So the term Mizrahi has no regard from whether you're, for, you're, whether you're a Jew from Kuwait, Yemen, Tunisia, Turkey, or in this case, Iran. As you may, uh, notice, you may, as you may have noticed or not, I often use the term Persian and Iranian Jews interchangeably. This is because while the Persian Empire, who was ruled, who was ruled by many empires, dynasties, and rulers, has been gone for a while now, Iran is, Iran is the Persian Empire's successor state, and therefore retains Persian culture in turn which in turn has Persian or Iranian Jews as a people group who lived in the former Persian empires. Persian Jews also speak a different language, most, most commonly Farsi, and other languages which will be addressed in the next, session, next section than most other Mizrahi Jews, whether it be a localized language specific to a Jewish ethnic group or Arabic as a general language. Moreover, there are other groups of Mizrahi Jews in there are other, moreover, there are other groups of Mizrahi Jewish communities that lived in very close proximity to the former Persian Empire, but over time, while still being classified as Mizrahi Jews, became other distinct Jewish ethnic groups. Finally, Persian Jews eat different foods as opposed to the to general Sephardic and Mizrahi, as opposed to the general Sephardic and Mizrahi Jewish populace. Do you have any other reason why Persian Jews are a distinct ethnic group? You can let me know by um, emailing emailing me at worldwidejew at gmail.com or DMing me on, uh, on Instagram at worldwide underscore Jew. I will now be talking about the languages that Persian Jews spoke and continue to speak to to this day. Persian, Jew, Persian Jews have spoken, Persian Jews have and spoke, have spoken and spoke many languages. In the past, Persian Jews spoke various Persian languages, Judeo-Persian languages and Judeo-Americ. Today, Persian Jews mostly speak Hebrew, Persian or Farsi, whatever you want to call it, Azeri and English. Well, I'm assuming that a knowledgeable amount speak various amount of languages that I have not mentioned. I will now be going over all the various unique languages that Persian Jews have spoken or still speak today. Most Persian Jews still speak Standard Persian as their primary tongue, but various Jewish languages have been associated with, associated with the community over time. First, there's Judeo-Persian. Judeo-Persian refers to both a group of Jewish dialects spoken by the Jews living in Iran and Judeo-Persian texts, written with the Hebrew alphabet, as a collective term. Judeo-Persian refers to a number of Judeo-Iranian languages spoken by the Jewish communities throughout the formerly extensive Persian Empire. The speakers refer to their language as Farsi. Some non-Jews refer to, refer to it as Dzizi, meaning Jewish in a derogatory sense. Judeo-Persian is basically the Persian language written in the Hebrew alphabet. However, it is often confused with other Judeo-Iranian languages and dialects spoken by the Iranian Jewish community, by Iranian Jewish communities, such as Judeo-Shirazi, judeo, judeo hamad Hamadani and Judeo-Kashani. As of 1995, there were 60,000 speakers of Judeo-Persian in Israel. 
Up next, there's Bukhari, or Judeo-Bukharic. Bukhari, also known as Bukharian, is a dialect of the Tajik branch of the Persian language spoken by Bukharian Jews. Bukharian is a, a language Bukharian is uh, spoken in Central Asia. The language, this la the language classification of Bukharic as follows: Indo-European, Indo-Iranian, Iranian, West Iranian, Southwest Iranian, Persian, Tajik, Bukharic. Bukhari is based off a substrate of classical Persian, which with a large number of Hebrew loanwords, as well as smaller, uh, as well as smaller numbers of loanwords from other surrounding languages, including Uzbek and Russian. The, the, the vocabulary includes lexical items of Persian, Arabic, Uzbek, and Hebrew origin. In 1987, the total amount of speakers was 85,000. In New Sassar, there were 45,000 speakers. In Israel, there were 32,000. And in all the other countries combined, there were 3,000. Ethnic Tajik minorities exist in many countries, such as Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Uzbekistan. Samarkaland and Bukhari are two cities in Uzbekistan which are particularly densely populated by Chaji speakers, uh, among whom uh, were tens of thousands of Bukharian Jews in the 19th to 20th centuries. Today, the language is spoken by approximately 10,000 Jews remaining in Uzbekistan and the surrounding area, although most of its speakers reside elsewhere, predominantly in Israel, where it has 50,000 speakers, and the United States. This language will be spoken more uh, about more in detail in my upcoming Bukharian Jews episode, as it, it's the main language spoken by Bukharian Jews, so it will be talked about more in detail in that episode. But Bukhari is considered a Persian language, so that's why I'm talking about it here. On this episode of the Persian on the Persian Jews today, there are sixty thousand Bukhari speakers in Israel and Uzbekistan as of nineteen ninety five, and fifty thousand speakers in the United States. But the year is uh, not specified of how much of of how much of when the fifty thousand speakers like were noted and taken down. Up next, there's Judeo Golpayani, a language spoken by the Jewish community living in Golpayangan. In western, in western Isfahan, western Iran. The first records of Jewish communities in this region date to approximately 750 BCE. Like most Jewish languages, Judeo-Gopiani was written using Hebrew characters and contained many Hebrew loanwords. Following the decline and con consolidation of the Persian, Persian Jewish community in the mid-20th century, Judeo-Gopiani fell into disuse, replaced by Dazizi, Judeo-Hamadani, and Persian, among those speakers remaining in Iran, and English by, and Hebrew by those immigrating to the United States and Israel. Judeo Shirazi is a dialect of the Homi language. It is spoken most is spoken mostly by Persian Jews living in Shiraz and surrounding areas of the Fars province in Iran. And I couldn't find this much uh, info on Judeo Shirazi. Uh, you know, I couldn't find much info about it, so that's all I'm going to say about Judeo Shirazi. The languages spoken by Iranian Jews are often lumped under the term Judeo Persian, a broad term that denotes the various forms of modern Persian written in the Hebrew script. Native to Iranian Jews, it has also been used by the Jews of Afghanistan, Central Asia, and the, Jai and the Chinese Jewish community of Kaifeng Fu. The original use of Judeo-Persian language of, of the the original use of Judeo-Persian language is documented as early as sixth century BCE. However, there are no literary documents that were preserved in this language prior to the eighth century AD, according to Darush. Gitistan from Brandeis University. The separation of Jews from their native areas created lingu linguistic differences, giving rise to mutually incomprehensible dialects of Judeo-Persian. This is why, according to Habib Borgian, we need to separate Judeo-Hamadan from Judeo-Persian. Judeo-Persian shares many features common with modern Persian while still manifesting these distinct differences. According to Gidistan, this these include the lo the usage of loanwords from Hebrew, Arabic, and Aramaic languages. This is the main difference, and therefore the reason why it is spoken by mainly Jews. This many spell. 
many spelling, phonetic, and syntax modifications, conservation of many ancient Persian words, in addition to many archaic grammatical and phonetic features not found in modern Persian. Wide usage of conventional style. Judeo Hamadani is native to Iran, Israel, and the USA. As of 2001, there are only eight spe speakers, recorded speakers, but most probably exist in the USA and Israel. No, but as of 2001, there's only eight recorded speakers. There's probably more speakers of Judeo Hamadani. Finally, the last language in the Persian Jewish lexicon is Judeo Tat, or Johori, which is, which is the traditional language of the mountain Jews of the eastern Caucasus Mountains, especially Azerbaijan and Dagestan, main, now mainly spoken in Israel. The language is a form of Persian, which belongs to the southwestern group of the Iranian division of the Indo-European langu languages. The Tat language is spoken by the Muslim Tats of Azerbaijan, a group to which the mountain Jews were mistakenly considered to belong during the era of Soviet historiography, uh, though the languages prob probably originated in the same region of the Persian Empire. The words Javori and Javuro literally translate to as Jewish and Jews. Judeo-Tan has Semitic, Hebrew-Aramaic, Hebrew Arabic elements, and on all linguistic levels. Judeo-Tan has the Semitic sound ayin, whereas no, no, whereas no neighboring language have it. The language of uh, Judeo-Tan or Jahori is spoken by an estimated 101,000 people. Uh, Israel, in uh, 1998, seven, 70,000 uh, speakers from Israel. In 1998, 70,000 speakers from Israel. 24,000 recorded in 1989. Uh, 2,000 speakers of uh, Johori in 2010. And um, 5,000 speakers in the United States. No, you're recorded. And there are uh, speakers of uh, Johori in Canada, but there's no numbers or years. Uh, being a variety of the of the Tat language, Judeo-Tat itself can be divided divided into several dialects. Kuba dialect, traditionally spoken in Kuba and Kurzmi Kasaba. Durban dialect, traditional, traditionally spoken in the town of Durban and the surrounding villages, has been used as a standard form of Judeo-Tat. Kaitag dialect, spoken in the Northern Caucasus. The dialects of Aguz, formerly Vartashen, now the, and now, and the now extinct Jewish community of Musu, have now been studied well and thus cannot be classified. Generally speaking, the Persian language, or the Iranian group of languages, belongs to the Aryan or Indo-European group of tongues. Three states of linguistic development may be seen recognized. Old Iranian, comprising the language of the Zoroastrian scriptures and of the Old Persian cuneiform inscriptions of the Achaemenid kings, Middle-Iranian, the Pahlavi language and, the, and literature of the Sasanian dynasty, New Iranian, comprising modern Persian, uh, dating from, from the 10th century of the Christian era and other spoken Iranian dialects as the Afghan, Baluchi, Kurdish, and Ossetic. An acquaintance with the Avestan and Old Persian languages and literatures is of value to the critical student of the Jewish scriptures and of Israelitish history because of Persian allusions which occur in the Bible from the time of the exile to the Talmud. And that because Persian was to a great extent the language of everyday life among the Jews of Babylonia but more especially because of Zoroastrian influence. It is generally claimed, it is generally, which is generally claimed, affected Judaism during the long period in which the Israelites were largely under the Persian rule. In Pahlavi, or Middle Persian, the literature, there are likewise numerous allusions to the Jews. A knowledge of modern Persian, moreover, co contributes considerably to the understanding of Jewish literary history because of the documents written in Judeo-Persian. I'll now be talking about the incredible and detailed history about the Persian Jews. 
This will be pro- this will probably be the lo- probably be the longest section of the podcast. According to the Bible, the Kingdom of Israel or Northern or Northern Kingdom was one of the successor states to the older United Monarch- Mon- Monarchy, also called the Kingdom of Israel, which came into existence in around 930 BC after the Northern tribes of Israel rejected Solomon's son Rehoboam as their king. In 730 in circa 732 BCE, the Syrian king Tiglath-Pileser III sacked Damascus in Israel, annexing Aramea and the territory of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh in Gilead, including the desert outposts of Jatur, Nafish, and Nodab. Israel continued to exist within its reduced territory as an independent kingdom subject to Assyria until around 725 to 720 BCE, when it was again invaded by Assyria and the rest of the, po- and the, rest of the population deported. From this time, no trace exists of the kingdom of Israel, and its, pop- and its population are commonly referred to as the Ten Lost Tribes. The Bible uh, reports that part of these part of these ten tribes were exiled to the lands of Medes in modern-day Iran. The book of Tobit, which is part of the Acrophia, suggests there were people from the tribe of Naphtali living in Rajas, Ray Iran, and uh, Ektabana, Hamadan, at the time of the Assyrians. Three times during the 6th century BCE, the Jews, Hebrews of the ancient kingdom of Judea, Judea, Judah, were, were exiled to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. These, these three separate occasions are mentioned in Jeremiah. The first exile was in the time of Jehoiachin in 597 BCE, when the temple of Jerusalem was particularly despoiled and a number of the leading citizens exiled. After 11 years in the reign of Zedekiah, a new Judean uprising t- took place. The city was razed to the, to the ground and a further exile ensued. Finally, five years later, Jemiah records a third exile. After the overthrow of Babylonia by the Achaemenid Empire, Cyrus the Great gave the Jews the permission to, re- to return to the naval land in 537 BC. According to the Hebrew Bible, more than 40,000 are said to have availed themselves of the privilege. However, this is not supported by modern scholarship. Lester Grab argues that the immigration will probably only have amounted to a trickle over decades, with the archaeological record showing no evidence of large-scale increases in population at any time during, during the Persian period. Cyrus also allowed them to practice their religion freely, under, unlike the previous Assyrian and Babylonian rulers. In the, first year of, in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of the Cyrus king of Persia to make a public proclamation throughout his realm, and also put in writing, this is, what, this is what Cyrus king of Persia said, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. At any point, of pe- any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God is who, who, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with him. And in any, any local, lo- locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with gold, silver, and goods, and livestock, and with, with free will offerings to the temple of the God in Jerusalem. Jews have been residing in Persia since around 727 BCE, having arrived in the region as slaves after being captured by the Assyrian and Babylonian kings. According to one Jewish legend, the first Jew to enter Persia was Sarah, but Asher, granddaughter of the patriarch Joseph. The biblical books of Isaiah, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Chronicles, and Esther contain references to the life and experience of Jews in Persia and accounts of the relations with Persian kings. In the book of Ezra, the Persian kings are credited with permitting and enabling Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. Its reconstruction was effected according to the decree of the Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. This great event in Jewish history took place in the late 6th century BCE, by which time there is a well-established influential Jewish community in Persia. Jews in ancient Persia, Persia mostly lived in their own communities. Persian Jews lived in ancient 
and until the mid 20th centuries, still existent communities of not only Iran but also um, Armenia, George, but also the Armenian, Georgian, Iraqi, Bukharian, and Mountain Jewish communities. Some of the communities have been isolated from other Jewish communities to the extent that their classification classification as Persian Jews is a matter of linguistic or geographical convenience rather than actual historical relationship with one another. Scholars believe that the peak of the Persian Empire at the peak of the Persian Empire, Jews may have compromised as much as twenty percent of the population. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, the Jews traced their heritage in Iran to the Babylonian exile of the sixth century BCE, and like the Armenians, have retained their retained their ethnic, linguistic, and religious identity. But the Library of Congresses Congresses, it's a really hard word to pronounce, country study on Iran states that over the centuries, the Jews of Iran became physically, culturally, and linguistically indistinguishable from the non-Jewish population. The overwhelming, overwhelming majority of Jews speak Persian as their mother tongue, and a tiny minority, Kurdish. The Jews of Iran have an incredibly long history that began over 2,400 years ago and continues through today. Although some sources say 3,000, 2,900, 2,800, 2,700, 2,600, 2,500, 2,400, now 2,000 to 3,000 years ago, somewhere in that range. They first arrived in the region during the Achaemenid period, after King Nebuchadnezzar captured Jerusalem and Judea, exiling tens of thousands of the Jewish inhabitants who were all expelled to lands across the east, including today's Iran. Later, Cyrus of Anshan invaded, liberating Babylon and causing many Jewish leaders to hail him as the figure described in Isaiah 41, 45.1-6, who would redeem them and provide them with hope of returning to Judea. Indeed, when he became ruler, Cyrus sent a, group, sent a group of Jews to Jerusalem to rebuild the Holy Temple, but while some returned, many more remained in Iran. Jews have been in Iran for 2,500 years. They probably came to Persia in the 8th century BCE as a result of the Assyrian conquest of Israel. Various tr uh, traditions ascribe the Jewish community of Esfahan to Nebuchadnezzar the, uh, at Babylon after his conquest of Judea in 586 BCE. The Jews in Iran traced their origin back to the Persian king, Cyrus the Great, who conquered Babylonia in the 6th century BCE and freed the Jewish slaves, reportedly at the request of his wife Esther, who was a Jew. Famous figures in the Jewish Bible are cited as living or traversing in the areas of Iran and its population are described in numerous books in the Bible. The prophet Daniel, for example, who was more widely known for his interactions with, with, with Nebuchadnezzar, lived in Shushan, or Susa. Habakkuk, another biblical nav uh, Navi prophet, was the descendant of Jews exiled from Babylonia who traveled to Iran. Shushan was also home to Esther, the most uh, celebrated Persian heroine of the Jewish tradition, and it was the site of the story of Purim. As written in Megillat Esther, the Esther and Morde Mordechai saved Jews from the hundred, saved the Jews of the 127 provinces under King Ahasuerus's rule from a decree for the total annihilation issued by the royal vizier Haman. According to the Associated Press, according to Associated Press, Hebrew canons and the Old Testament recount the story of Persia's King Cyrus allowing Jews to return to Jerusalem from Babylon and rebuild the temple nearly 2,600 years ago. Iran is also the site of one of Judaism's most holy important sites, the shrine of Esther Mordechai in the western city of Hamadan. The Book of Esther tells the story of how she was raised by a relative, the royal, the royal advisor Mordechai, and became Persian queen. She saved her fellow Jews from slaughter by persuading King Xerxes to call off a plan to attack the community on a date that was to be decided by lot or port. The change of heart is marked by e each year by the festival of Purim. History and the community's resilience is an epicenter of this identity and pride. As among the oldest community in Iran, the, Jews, the, the country's Jews first arrived in 727 BCE, as they had been deported to, the, deported to Medea by the Assyrian king. 
Tigat Pileser III, followed by a failed uprising. In 680 BCE, a second wave of Jews arrived in Persia to escape persecution from another Assyrian king, the Bukharnetsar II. The Jewish community in Iran is among the oldest in the world. The first Jew Jewish settlements near Echbana, Hambadan, western Iran, and Susa, southwest Iran, date to 721 BCE. Jews fleeing persecution on the rule of the Assyrian king, the Bukharnetsar, settled in Isfahan around 650 BCE. Iran has one of the oldest Jewish communities outside Israel. Jews first appeared in Iran at the time of the destruction of the first temple in 6th century BCE. The Jews had been conquered by Babylonians and many were brought to Bab back to Babylon as slaves. Cyrus the Great, who founded the Achaemenid Empire, conquered Achaemenid Empire dynasty, who founded the Achaemenid dynasty, conquered Babylon in 539 BCE. Cyrus allowed the enslaved Jews to return to Israel. Not all the Jews returned. Scattered Jewish colonies were established in Babylon and various Persian provinces, as well as Hamadan and Susa. The experiences of the Jews in Persia on the Achaemenids are described in the, in the Bible, books of Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Daniel. Jews in Persia tended to live in their own communities. Persia, Persia was a huge multinational empire. Thus, Persian Jewish communities existed not only near modern Iran, but was now Afghanistan, Azerbaijan, northwestern India, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan. Jews during the Sassanid dynasty prospered and stood throughout Persia, albeit they experienced some persecution. Arab Muslims conquered Persia. Persia became part of the Caliphate. Persia was an extremely backward state. Pers Persian Jews were persecuted and suffered discrimination. Some Jewish communities were forced to convert to Islam. Some Jews, as, as Zionism developed, uh, emigrated to Palestine, at which at the time was an Ottoman province. Assyria began expanding south uh, in 9th century BCE. Israel joined with the kingdom of ha Hamath and Damascus, modern Syria, to resist the Assyrians in the mid-9th mid century the, uh, BCE. The Assyrians had far greater resources and instead moved south. One of the most important Syrian kings was Tiglath Pileser the, 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 the third. He appeared to have been the biblical pool. Tiglath Pileser conquered north areas of Israel and exiled the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. Shammah Maser the fifth took Luli in Tyre. He then conquered Samaria, the capital of Israel. In the same year, he died in 722 BCE. This was the territories of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. Shalmanasser exiled the tribes. Sargon II, one of the greatest Assyrian kings, conquered the rest of Israel, completing the conquest. Sargon is biblical Shirukin. The, Jew, the exiled Jews were replaced with other, with other peoples. It is unknown what became of the Jews forced into exile. They're, these are the lost tribes of Israel. It is reasonable to assume that some may have reached Persia. They do not, however, appear to have survived as a people. According to the to the biblical account of Cyrus, the, according to the biblical account, Cyrus the Great uh, was God's anointed, having freed the Jews from Babylonian rule. After the conquest of Babylonia by the ancient Persian Archimedes Empire, uh, Cyrus granted all the Jews citizenship, though he allowed the Jews to return to Israel in around 537 BCE. Many chose to remain in Persia. Thus, the evidence of the Book of Esther are set entirely in Iran. Other Persian culture influences remain present remain to the present day, such as the Jewish festivals of Purim, which parallels a springtime Zoroastrian festival called Far Fra Fardigan. However, various biblical accounts say that over 40,000 40, Jews did return. The Jewish community in Iran was is in Iran is among the oldest in the world. The first Jewish settlements near Ekhtapana, Hamadan, western Iran and Susa date to seven hundred twenty one BCE. Uh, Jews fleeing persecution under the rule uh, uh, of the Assyrian king, the Bukharnetsar II, settled in Isfahan around 680 BCE. 
Cyrus, the ruler of the, per the ruler, ruler of the Persian Empire, issued an edict allowing the Persian Jewish community to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Some Jewish residents of Persia, modern-day Iran, returned to, Jer returned to Jerusalem, but many remained in Persia and Babylon, such as in the Persian cities of Hamadan and Susa. The Jewish community flourished under Persian rule. Daniel ascended to the prominence in the Persian Empire, and King Ahasuerus cho chose a young Jewish maiden, Hadassah, Esther, as his queen. 539 BCE Cyrus the Great, founder of the Achaemenid Empire, conquered Babylon and allowed the exiled Jews to go home and reconstruct the Temple of Jerusalem. Some chose to remain, and the movement of migration deeper into Persia began. More Jews followed from the conquest of Babylon uh, by Cyrus the Great. In 539 BCE, he issued the so-called Cyrus Declaration, which allowed the exiled Jews to return to their homeland and rebuild the Temple. Some 30,000 did just this, but many others chose to stay on ba Babylonian Persian territory. By some accounts, the tomb of the prophet Daniel is located in Susa. The second temple was eventually rebuilt in Jerusalem, with assistance from the Persians and the Israelites assumed an important position in the Silk Road trade with China. The period from the fall of Jerusalem, 586 BCE, to, con to the reconstruction in Palestine of a new Jewish state in five after 538 BCE is known as the Babylonian Captivity. A new empire arose in Western Asia with the decline of the Assyrian Empire. The Babylonian Empire gradually expanded and defeated the Assyrians. The youths under the king Josiah were allied with the Assyrians. The Egyptians uh, dispatched troops to assist the Babylonians, but Josiah and the Jews uh, at the Battle of Megiddo blocked the G Egyptian column. The Babylonians, even without an Egyptian assistance, defeated the Assyrians. Babylonia be Babylonian and became the dominant power in West Western Asia and conquered both Israel and Judah. The Babylonians saw the Jews as hostile, in part because they had been hard fighting with Assyrian allies. The Babylonians destroyed Solomon's temple, the first temple, and took in many Jewish hostages, choosing the Jewish elite, both men and women, and their children. Deportations like this were common in imperial practices by both the Assyrians and Babylonians. The Babylonians brought the Jewish hostages to Babylon itself, where they could better be controlled. Jewish historians debate the number of Jews brought to Babylon and the number that remained at home. This period is often called the Babylonian captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar oversaw these exiles. The Bible described three ways of deportment, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel in the Bible. Book of Prophets, penned, sad descriptions, Describing the Babylonian destruction of, the, of Jerusalem and the first temple. The, the Jews in Babylon managed to renew in contact with the kinsmen in Palestine, and uh, said in the book of Ezekiel. The fact that it was the, H, the Jewish elite that was forced into captivity in Babylon is significant. The Jews were exposed and influenced by Babylonian culture. There are important similarities between Babylonian and Jewish mythology, such as the Great Flood. The Babylonian captivity thus left a great mark on Judaism. The Babylonians in turn were conquered by Persia. On the death of Cyrus, his son Cambyses, Cambyses succeeded to the throne in 530 BCE, but died a violent death in, uh, in, 5, in 522 BCE at their own successful campaign in Egypt and Africa and a discreditable reign. A Magian priest, Bardia, the false Smyrides, usurped the crown and reigned for seven months until Darius, a member of a side branch of the Persian royal family, discovered the impostures, slew the pretender, and swayed the Archimedean scepter with a conspicuous ability to, for nearly half a century. Darius, who lived from 522 to 486 BCE, continued the liberal policy of Cyrus towards the Jews in favor of the rebuilding of the temple at Jerusalem, a policy which is in keeping with what is known as other sources of what is known from other sources of the views of, of this ruler. His successor was his son, Xerxes, from 486 to 465 BCE, prominent in the Bible as a Hashverosh and, and the importance in Jewish history because of acceptance of Esther to succeed his divorce queen, Vashti. See Hashverosh, Esther, Haman, Mordechai. Xerxes was, uh, was in turn followed by his son, Athoxerxes I.
who reigned in whose reign occurred in the in the important events for Jewish political history that are recorded by Ezra and Nehemiah. His successors on the throne were Darius the second, um, Artaxerxes the second, Artaxerxes the third. The Jews came several times into conflict with him on disputed points. Ar Arces, well, who, who reigned from 337 to 335 BCE, and Darius the third. Um, the last of the Achaemenian line. Cyrus, Cyrus ordered rebuilding of the second temple in the, in the same place as the first. However, he died before it was completed. Darius came, the Great came into power in the Persian Empire and ordered the completion of the temple. According to the Bible, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah urged this work. The temple was ready for consecration in the spring of 515 BCE, more than 20 years after the, after the Jews returned to Jerusalem. According to the book of Esther in the Tanakh, Haman was an Agagite noble and vizier of the great of the great of the empire under Persian king Ahasuerus, generally identified as the, as Xerxes the Great, son of Darius the Great, in the sixth century B.C. Haman and his wife Zeresh instigated a plot to kill all the Jews of ancient of ancient Persia. The plot was foiled by Queen Esther, the Jewish king of per, uh, the Jewish queen of Persia. As a result, Ahasuerus ordered the hanging of Haman and his ten sons. The events of the book of Esther are celebrated as a holiday of Purim. The, uh, Iran has one of the oldest Jewish communities outside Israel. Jews first appeared in Iran at the time of the destruction of the first temple, 600 BCE. The Jews had been the Jews had been conquered by the Babylonians, and and many were brought back to Babylon as slaves. Cyrus the Great, who founded the Archimedean Empire, conquered Babylon. He permitted Jews to worship once more in Jerusalem in 538 BCE. Many Jews returned to Palestine. More than 40,000 are believed to return. The Syrians have taken northern tribes into captivity and. Are lost to history. The Babylon exile were what remained of the children of Israel. Cyrus allowed the enslaved Jews in Babylon to return to Israel and to rebuild Jerusalem. Biblical scholars believe that 40,000 of these exiles returned. Cyrus allowed the Jews, both returnees and, and those that remained in Babylon and, while, and others who settled elsewhere in the empire. Not all the Jews returned. Scattered Jewish colonies were established in Babylon and various Persian provinces, as well as Hamadan and Susa. Cyrus ordered that the second temple be rebuilt on the foundation of the first temple. Darius ensured that the temple project be completed. This 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 period is described by the prophets by the is described by the prophets Haggai and Zechariah. The final temp, the completed temple was finally consecrated more than twenty years after the Jews returned to ba from Babylon in five fifteen BCE. The prophet prophesied 70, seventy years of captivity were filled with the completion of the new temple. The experiences of the Jews in Persia under the Achaemenids are described in the Bible, books of Esther, Esther Ezra, Nehemiah, and Daniel. A Popeye Persian noble to kill the empire's Jews is described in Esther and, the, and is the basis for Purim. The, historic, the historicity of this and other stories, however, is difficult to access. Per, Jews in Persia tended to live in their own communities. Persia was a huge multinational empire. Thus, Persian Jewish communities existed not only in modern Iran, but was now Afghanistan, Azerbaijan, Northwest India, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. The Persians allowed local no, no, uh, nobles to govern their own people. Other exiled Jews remained in Babylon. This, the, the relatively open policy of the Persians allowed Jews to spread throughout the empire. This was the origin of the, of the Jewish population in Iran as well as many other Western Asian countries that were part of the Persian Empire. The Jews asked themselves why God had allowed to, the Jews asked themselves why, why God had allowed this terrible tragedy to occur. Ezra and Nehemiah um, preached that the Jews were themselves were at the fault. They had not they had properly observed the law. In other words, the Jews did not hear, adhere to their side side of the covenant. Ezra and Nehemiah successfully convinced many Jews to 
to observing law more reg Jewish law more rigorously. The Persians created one of the largest empires in history, including the Greek cities of Western Anatolia. Six successful Persian empire emperors in some of the most famous battles of history failed to subdue the Greeks across the Bosporus. Alexander defeated Darius III and huge Persian armies in, the in a series of epic battles. Alexander destroyed the Persian Empire and con conquered a sw swath of territory from Macedonia East to what is now Pakistan. He, ho he hoped to unite the Greeks and Persians into one great empire. He incorporated Persian soldiers into his army. He demanded that his op important officers, all Macedonians, take Persian wives. His early death in undid these ambitious plans in 323 BCE. At the time, there were no Jewish communities in Europe. Thus, the Greek conquest of Persia resulted in the first Western contact with Jews. We have no information on the Jewish community in Persia during the Hellenistic period. An Armenian prince, Sinatrochus, descending from the royal house of Aristides, is noted in the small chronicle as being his successor, Diotroi of Alexander. Some sources contain no mention of the Parthian influence. Parthia does not appear in the text. The Armenian prince Antiochus, the royal house of the Arcades, is mentioned in the small chronicle as one of the successors of Diotrephes Alexander, among other Asiatic princes. The Roman script, uh, the Roman rescript in favor of the Jews, reached Arcades as well. It is not, however, specified which Arcades. Long, not long after this, the Partho-Babylonian country was trodden by the army of a Jewish prince, the Syrian king, Antiochus Sidetes, marched in company with Hyrcanus I against the Parthians, and when the allied armies defeated the Parthians and the, at the Great Zab, the king ordered a halt of two days' account of the Jewish Sabbath and Feast of Weeks. In 40 BCE, the Jewish public king, Hyrcanus II, fell into the hands of the Parthians, who, according to the custom, cut off his ears in order to render him a fit for rulership. The Jews of Babylonia, it seems, had the intention of founding a uh, high priesthood for the exiled Harkonnens, which they would have made quite independent of the land of Israel, but the reverse was to come about. The Jews received a, ba a Babylonian Ananel by name as, as their high priest, which indicates the importance enjoyed by the Jews of Babylonia. Still, in religious matters, the Babylonians, indeed as the whole diaspora, were in many regards dependent upon the land of Israel. They went on pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the festivals. The Parthian Empire was based loosely on a on a, con loose, on a loosely configured system of vassal kings. The lack of rigidly centralized rule over the empire had drawbacks. For instance, allowing the rise of a Jewish robber state in Nahardea. Yet the tolerance of the Arsid dynasty was as legendary as that of the first Persian dynasty, the Achaemenids. One account suggests the conversion of a small number of Parthian vassal kings of Adabian to Judaism. These instances and others show not only the tolerance of Parthian kings, but are also a testament to the extent at which the Parthians saw themselves as a heritage to the preceding empire of Cyrus the Great. So protective were the Parthians of the minority over whom they ruled. And then old Jewish saying tells, when you see Parthian charger tie up a tombstone in the land of Israel, the hour of the Messiah will be near. The Babylonian Jews wanted to fight in common cause with the Judean brethren against Vespasian, but it was not until the Romans waged war under Trajan against Parthia that they made their hatred felt. So the revolt of the Babylonian Jews helped prevent Rome from being becoming a master there. Philo speaks of numerous, Jews Ju numerous Jewish residents in that country, a population that was likely increased by immigrants after the destruction of the temple. In Jerusalem from early times, Jews had looked to the east for help. With the fall of Jerusalem, Babylonia had become a kind of bulwark in Judaism. The collapse of the Bar Kokhba revolt is, is likely and also added to Jewish refugees in Babylon. In the struggles between the Parthian and the Romans, the Jews had the reason to side with the Parthians, the protectors. Parthian kings then elevated the princes of exile into a, into a kind of nobility called Resh, Resh Galuta. Until then, 
they had used the Jews as collectors of revenue. The Parthians may have given them a recognition for services, especially by the Davidic house. Establishment of the Resh Galuta provided a central authority over numerous Jewish subjects who proceeded to develop their own internal affairs. Parthia was an ancient country southeast of the Caspian Sea, more or less in the area of what is now Kurdistan. The Parthians are believed to be of Scythian origins. We do not know yet much about them. The Parthians served as mountain arches in the armies of the first Assyrians and then the Persians. The Parthians were a largely feudal society based on horsemen, avoided a head-on confrontation. The, Parthian, the Parthians were famed archers, able to fire the arrows over their backs. This was known as a Parthian shot, which is the origin, which is the origin of the term parting shot. Led by the Arcesses, they freed themselves from the Seleucid rule and established their own empire. The Parthians gradually extended their empire east to India. Rome, uh, for its part, had warred with, with the with ward with all important powers are confronted. Carthage, Malaysia, and Gaul. The Parthians were after were, were after Caesar's victory in Gaul, the next logical outlet to expand their own empire. The peak of the Parthian Empire was reached the which re was reached with the, the defeat of Crassus at Carhae in 53 BCE. We know little about the Jews in Persia during this period. Surviving Jewish sources contain no hint of Parthian influence. The name Parthia does not occur in the Bible. The Parthians played an important role in the continuation of Jewish life. The Parthians held sway in both Persia and Babylon, two areas with substantial Jewish populations. The Parthians, like the Persians, tolerated uh, the Parthians, like the Persians, tolerated considerably diversity with their empire. Oh, the Parthians, like the Persians, tolerated considerable diversity within their empire. Conquered people were often allowed to conduct their own internal affairs. Jews, since the Babylonian captivity in which the Jewish elite was transported, had looked east for guidance and support. With the Roman conquest of Judea, Jews in Babylon wanted to join the struggle with Rome. When Trajan inv invaded Parthis, the Babylonian Jews played a military role in preventing the Roman conquest of Babylon. Philia mentions Jewish residents in Parthia, and the Parthian Jewish population was undoubtedly augmented by refugees from Judea after the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the, and the Second Temple. Babylonia, after the fall of Jerusalem, became a leading center of Jewish life. The, fail the failure of Bar the Bar, Bar Kokhba re revolt further in increased the flow of Jewish refugees to Parthian-controlled Babylon. During the wars between the Roman and the Parthians, the Jews strongly supported their Parthian masters. Jew Jews served as tax collectors for the, for the Parthians and were eventually elevated to the status of princes, Resh Galuta. They were the central authority of the Jewish community. The Parthians were ultimately defeated by the Romans, but not destroyed. After, the, after this, the power, the power gradually declined. Arshadir overthrew the Parthians and founded the Sasanian Empire in 226 BC. Uh, the fall of the Parthian dynasty and the rise of the Sassanids ushered in five centuries of repressive policies with regard to religious minorities. Most Sassanid kings promoted Zo Zoroastrianism in the empire and persecuted other religious communities. As a result, Jews and other religious minorities suffered. But while much is known about the Christian Machanid and Mazidian persecutions, the persecution in the Jewish records appears only in the 5th century. It must also be noted in the wars between Roman and the Sassanid kings. The Jews, unlike Christians, were decidedly loyal to the Persian king. The Sassanids were a pure portion blood with no alien ad admixture, as were originally the Parthians, and they were ardent supporters of the ancient Zoroastri Zoroastrian faith. More than this, they were enthusiastic upholders of the old Iranian national feeling. And they succeeded, in part, at least, with the reviving and the, f the fatal idea of, the, of a great Persian empire. The characteristic names of this period appeared marked by conflicts with the e Eastern Empire of Byzantium, as the, as the Parthian had become with Rome, and the Achaemenian with Greece. Our Ushadir, uh, Shapur, Izerid, Baram, and Horosis. Important for Jewish history is the fact that Yezgadur I, 
had a Jewish wife or queen who became the mother of Brahm V. The opening reign of Brahm V, who generally is known as Brahm Gaur from his fondness for hunting the wild, uh, the wild ass, was, signal was signalized by victory over the White Huns, but was later darkened by the defeat. By the but was later darkened by the defeat of the in war with the Byzantine Empire, which which compelled Persia to accept forms of peace uh, with their traditional foe. For, for references to Jewish history in, in, in Zoroastrian literature of Sassanid times and for allusions to the Yazerian's Jewish wife, yeah. and the and, and their religious attitude towards other beliefs, however, the Sassanids were often very intolerant as as is shown by the persecution at different times of Jew of the Jews, Christians, and the followers of the sects of Mani and Mazdak. The Jews the Jews suffered especially under Ormuzes the the fourth. Although relief was had under the unfortunately short reign of Bram Tuzbin, they joined forces with his renowned successor, Troas Pawij, whose reign is best known to the West because of the wars waged at, at this time by Persia against the Christian Emperor Her Heracles. The Sassanid power was now manifestly on the decline, and, and, and its end came in the sight with the appearance of the Mohammedan regime. By the early 3rd century, Persian Empire influences were on the rise again in the winter of 226 CE. Arshadir or for the last Parthian king, uh, destroyed the rule of the Ar Archidus and founded Diana of the Sassanids. While, while Hellenistic influence had been felt amongst the religious tolerant Parthians, the Sassanids intensified the Persian side of life, favored the Pahlavi language, and restored the old monotheistic religion of Zoroastrianism, which became the official state religion. This resulted in the suppression of other religions. A priestly Zoroastrian inscription from the time of King Brown II contains a list of religions, including Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism, etc., that Sassanid rule have claimed to have smashed. The false doctrines of Amiran and of the idols suffered great blows and lost credibility. The Jews, uh, Buddhists, Hindus, Nazarenes, Christians, Baptists, and Macanaeans were smashed in the empire. The idols destroyed and the habitations of the idols annihilated and turned into abodes and the seats of the gods. Shapur, or Shavor Malka, which is the Aramaic form of the name, was friendly to the Jews. His friendship with Shmuel gained many advantages for the Jewish community. Shapur's the second mother, Ifer Hormiz, was a Judaizing believer, i.e. believer in Judaism, and this gave the Jewish community a, a relative freedom of religion and many advantages. He was also a friend of the Babylonian rabbi in the, in the Talmud named Rabbah. Rabbah's friendship with Shapur II enabled him to secure relaxation of the oppressive laws enacted against the Jews in the Persian Empire. In addition, Rabbah sometimes referred to his top student Abaye with the term Shavur Malka, meaning Shapur the king, because of his bright and quaint intellect. The Persian Ashadir I rose up against Atanabus IV, the last Parthian king. Ashadir, this destroyed... Um, the weakened Parthian Empire and ended the Arsatid dynasty. Ashadir founded the Sassanid dynasty. While the Parthians had replaced the Hellenistic kingdom created in the wake of Alexander, they were influenced by the, both, uh, by the old Persian Empire and Hellenism. The Sassanid dynasty uh, were more mar markedly Persian than, than, had been, than had been the Parthians. The Sassanids promoted the Pahlavi language and restored the monotheistic Zoroastrian religion, which was made the state religion. The Sassanid was less were less inclined uh, towards tolerating the culture and religion of, of subject peoples. King Brahm II, as reported to have Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, and other religions. Jew, Jews during the Sassanid dynasty also experienced times of relative tolerance. Shapur the 
the first was in contrast to, to, was in, con in contrast tolerant towards the Jews. He became friendly with Shmuel and, and benefited Persia's Jewish community. Shapur the second mother was Jewish. Thus, the the, the Jewish community during this rule, uh, his rule had considerably autonomy and religious freedom. Shapur formed the friendship with Babylon Rabbi Rabbi from the Talmud. Shapur eased oppressive laws and enacted to promote Zoroastrianism by suppressing other religions. Under the Sassanid dynasty, the Jewish population in Persia grew considerably and spread throughout the region. Nevertheless, Jews suffered intermittent oppression and persecution. The invasion of Arab Muslims in 642 CE terminated the independence of Persia, installed Islam as a state religion, and made a deep impact on the Jews by changing their social political status. The Muslims conquered Persia in the early 7th century. Under uh, early 7th century, under Muslim rule, the Jewish people received demi status, a designation for the second class, non-Muslim citizen of Islamic country. Muslim law limited Jewish interaction with their Muslim neighbors, stemming from a belief that the Jewish population might spread ritual uncleanness through physical contact or in public baths. By the 19th century, thousands of Persian Jews had fled the increasing persecution and immigrated to present-day Israel. The Arabs emerging from the desert of Arabia conquered the agricultural lands to the north. The Arabs conquered Persia in 642 AD. Thus, Persia came to be part of the Islamic Caliphate. The Arabs did initially not set a hour to convert conquer people. Rather, Christians Zoroastrians were given the status of demis, not inferior non-Muslim subjects of the Islamic Empire. Early Arabic rulers received payments from the demis. They paid jizya, a poll tax, and karaj, a land tax. This means that the demis were an important revenue source. Demis were allowed to practice religion in relative freedom, but discreetly. Over time, the toleration declined, but was still still generally for prominent was was far prominent in the Christian West. Demis suffered social and legal disabilities. They are not permitted to bear marital arms or ride horses. They cannot testify in judicial judicial inquests involving Muslims, but they could have their own communal courts. As the population became increasingly Muslim, non-Muslims commonly had to wear distinctive clothing. With Islamic conquest. Persia, the government assigned Jews, along with Christians and Zoroastrians, the status of demi, non-Muslim subjects of the Islamic Empire. Demis were allowed to practice religion, but were required to pay Jesus to cover the cost of financial welfare, security, and other benefits that Muslims were entitled to in place of zakat, which, which the Muslim population was required to pay. Like other demis, Jews were exempt from military draft, viewed as people of the book. They had some status as fellow monotheists, they, they were treated differently depending on the ruler at that time. On the one hand, Jews were granted significant economic and religious freedoms when compared to the co-religionists in European nations during these centuries. Many served as doctors, scholars, and craftsmen, and gained positions of influence in society. On the other hand, like other non-Muslims, they did not work in Sharia law since they did not have the obvious knowledge and qualifications for it. After the Arab conquest of, in AD 642, the Jews prospered. They lived in communities they controlled in the Zagros Mountains. Some were pastoralists. Jews helped found the city of Shiraz in the 8th century. They set up credit networks and were key figures in the inter in international trade. The Jews also prospered when the Mongols ruled Persia. The long course of Persia's Jews changed when in 642 CE, the Battle of Nehavend took place and the 12th century's long independence of Persia ended with the victory of Arab Muslim forces. Islam became the official state religion. Arabic influence spread and all non-Muslims essentially became second class citizens. 
Jews were, were made to wear a yellow ribbon on their arms, and, Christian, and, and Christians a blue ribbon to distinguish them from Muslims. The Arab conquest of Persia and the defeat of the dead death of Yerzur III marked the close of the Sassanid rule and the fall of the national power in Iran. It signalized also the overthrow of Zoroastrianism as the national faith of Persia. Thenceforth, Persia, the Persia's creed became Mohammedan, and her history became marked more and more by periods of invasion and conquest and foreign rule or misrule. A series of the a series of the annexes of shorter, longer duration as Omimads, Abbasids, Ganesvids, Seljuks, and Tartars, some of them distinguished by rulers of rare ability. The Mongol conqueror Timurlang or Tamerlane, for example, uh, filled the pages of Persia's history for nearly a thousand years. With the rise of Shah Abbas the Great, the last the last influential Persian rule is reached. In the mid-7th century, Persia became a province of the Arab Muslim Empire. Uh, the Arab conquest substituted as substituted a state religion for another, but for Jews, it was a step forward. As Demis, they enjoyed, as elsewhere under the rule of Islam, an inferior but protected status. Their economic role was not ineligible. Jews in per Persia were art artisans, shopkeepers, merchants, and manufacturers, and the growing urbanization of the Middle East of the Muslim East and the growth of international trade contributed to the emergence of a new class of wealthy Jewish merchants in urban centers like Baghdad, Avaz, Ishavan, and Shiraz. During these early centuries of Muslim domination, social unrest and religious turmoil in Persia also affected the Jewish communities. Muslim treatment of, of the religious minorities varied in accordance with, with the policies of the caliphs and attitudes of different governors. While the Umayyad governor of Iran, Hajjaj, was ruthless in persecution of non-Muslims, others were more lenient and did not follow all the discriminatory rules. There are many Christian, Jewish, and Zoroastrian philosophers, physicians, scientists, musicians, and administrators in the first century of the Muslim Empire. The rise of the Abbasid Caliphate improved the situation of the Dimi for a while, especially during, during the reign of Al-Mansur. He was a devoted follower of the sciences and supported the great translation movement of the 8th century. Thousands of books were translated into Arabic from Greek, Hebrew, Persian, and other languages. Iranian Jews at the time were wearing Dari, New Persian and Hebrew characters. In 693 CE, through wars, invasions, and conquests, the Jewish presence in Iran was still existent, and Shiraz was established as the capital of the Fars province. Though it would not grow to shelter as many Jews as other cities, such as Tehran's Iran capital, over the centuries, Shiraz forced into religious, cultural, and socio-economic center for Persian Jewry, even amidst enduring harsh anti-Semitism persecution. The Islamic conquest of Persia, which would span 600 years, shook the social, political, and cultural dynamics of the entire region and made conditions exceedingly difficult for Jews and other practicing non-Islamic faiths. By the 12th century, near the end of the conquest, Shiraz is alone to said to have been at home. Shiraz alone is said to have been to have been home to 10,000 Jews, a majority of whom were manufacturing wine for Europeans. In the 12th century, Iranian Jews were largely involved in trade. The Jewish traveler Benjamin of Tuleida reported large Jewish and Christian communities in many larger cities when he visited Iran in 1157 and, managed, and managed, man, mentioned Jewish communities in Hamadan, Isfahan, Namahad, Shiraz, Nizbor, and Baghdad. On the whole, there appears to be there appears to have been little Jewish discrimination against the Demis, other than the usual restrictions. In one incident, a prominent Jew, Abu Sa'd Samha, successfully made a claim against Abu Shuja, the minister responsible for Demis. He claimed that Abu Shuja had failed to protect the Jews and managed to get the minister sacked. The Mongols drove deep into Europe and the Middle East. Hagulu Khan, grandson of Genghis Khan, invaded Persia in 12. 55 AD. He then took Badag's Eddings into the uh, uh, 
he then took Badal and Edding in the Abbasid Caliphate. The Mongols established the Ekhanate in Persia. The Mongols did not have a sophisticated religion, and conquered with, with conquered people, all religions were considered equal. They abolished the discriminatory Demi status. There were differences among Mongol rulers. Agun Khan often chose the Jews and Christians over Muslims for important administrative positions. He even appointed the, the Jew Sa'ad Abdullah as his vizier. The Muslim majority population organized by the Muslim clergy resented the privileges granted to Jews and Christians. When Agun died, Al Dwala was attacked and killed. Muslims, Muslims attacked Jews throughout Persia. The violence often uh, provoked by the Muslim clergy had all the features of a pogrom. The, Jew, the Christian historian Bar Habris wrote at the time that the Muslim violence against the Jews neither tongue can utter nor the pen can write down. Well, the Muslim, the most noted ruler was, Gang, was Ghazan Khan. Ghazan converted to Islam. This meant the reintroduction of the Dimi system. A judge who raised synagogues in Persia required questions require Christians and Jews to wear a distinctive mark on their heads. Jews and Christians were pressured to convert. One notable convert was Rashid al-Din, a physician and historian and statement. He converted to advance his career at Ojitsu's court. Rivals made false charges that he was poisoning Ojitsu and, and he was executed. In much of the Islamic world, converts were accepted without stigma. This appears to have been less true in Persia. The last of the dynasty was Nushiwan. In 1225, Mongols led by Hula Khan invaded parts of Persia, and in 1258 they captured Baghdad, putting it into the Abbasid Caliphate. In Persia and the surrounding areas, the Mongols established a division of the Mongol Empire known as the Akhanate, building a capital and city in Tabriz. The Akhanate Mo Mongol rulers abolished the equality of the Dimis, and all religions were deemed equal. It was shortly after this time when one of the Akhanate rulers, Argun Khan, preferred Jews for the administrative positions appointed Sa Sa'ad. Abdullah, a Jew, as his vizier. The appointment, however, provoked his resentment for the Muslim clergy, and after Argun's death in 1291, Abdullah was murdered, and the Persian Jews in Tabriz suffered a period of violent persecutions from the Muslim populace instigated by the clergy. The Orthodox Christian historian Bar Habris ruled that the violence committed against the Jews during their period neither tongue can utter nor pen can write down. In 1258, the conquest of the Baghdad of the, of the, by the Mongols of Halagu Khan ended the Abbasid Caliphate and dramatically changed the life of, of Jewish communities in the region. Those were good years for the Jews of Persia, more present than ever in the economy and political affairs of the empire, and quite at ease in their cultural environment and laid the foundation for rich literature. For the first time, a, subst a substantial Judeo-Persian -Pers literature emerged. Ghazan Khan's conversion to Islam in 1295 heralded a Persian for Persian Jews in Tabriz, a pronounced term for the worst, as they are once again relegated to the status of Dimis. Olajeshu, Ghazan Khan's successor, destroyed many synagogues and decreed that Jews had to wear a distinctive mark on their heads. Christians endured similar persecutions. Under pressure, many Jews converted to Islam. The most famous such convert was Rashid al-Din Hamadani, a physician of Hamadani origin who was also a historian and statesman and who adopted Islam in order to advance his career in Al-Jazeera's court in Tabriz. However, in 1388, he was executed on charges of poison and to Ennis, and his severed head was carried around the streets of Tabriz, chanting, This is the head of the Jew who abused the name of God. May God's curse be upon him. About a hundred years later, Miran Shah destroyed Rashid al-Din's tomb, and his remains re were reburied at the Jewish cemetery. In, seven, in 1383, Timur Lenk started the military conquest of Persia. He captured Herat, Khorasan, and all eastern Persia in 13. 85, and massacred almost all inhabitants of Nishapur and other Iranian cities. 
When the revolts broke out in Persia, he, he ruthlessly suppressed them, massacring the populations of whole cities. When Timur plundered Persia, its artists and artisans were deported to embellish Timur's capital, Samarkand. 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 Skilled Persian Jews were imported to develop the empire's textile industry. The advent of the Safavid kings in 1501, who made Shia Islam Iran's official, Iran's, Iran's official religion, created a dramatic U-turn. Massacres and forced conversions were now the lot of Persian Jews, whose populations declined sharp, sharply to less than 100,000 people. The Safavids established a rigid religious hierarchy with unlimited power and influence in every sphere of life. Jewish chronicles from this period are full of accounts of massacre, forced conversions to Islam, and mistreatment. All religions between Iranian, all relations between Iranian Jews and other others outside the country were severed. Christians and Zoroastrians were subject to the same harsh treatments, and Sunni and this and Sunni suffered most. Segregations became became reality again for all minorities, and uh, Jewish ghettos were reinforced. Jews were forced to both Jews were forced to both to wear both a yellow badge and a headgear, and their oaths were not accepted in the court of justice. Any Jew who converted to Islam would be recognized as a sole inheritor of the family state the exclusion of all Jewish relatives. Forbidden from working in the government, many Persian Jews worked as merchants in banking and money lending, sometimes facing official persecutions, which intensified during the Safavid dynasty. From 1502 to 1736, Shi'i Islam rose in prominence and increased the power. Oh, I'm sorry for the way I pronounced it earlier. I, I realized I pronounced it wrong, but I'm sorry for saying it like that. Uh, I'm probably going to edit that out. From 1502 to 1736, Shi'i Islam rose in prominence and increased the power of clerics and introduced the concept of uncleanliness of non-believers. Many Jews converted to Islam as a result, some of whom continued to secretly practice, practice Judaism. Under the Shi'i uh, Safavids who came to power in 1502, the Jews were declared a dhimmi, a protected minority. They were required to wear special markers that identify them as Jews, were required to follow a special number of rules imposed on them, and were not allowed to touch the same food as Muslims. In the 17th century, large numbers were forcibly converted to Islam. Under Shah Abbas Shah I and Shah Abbas II, they were allowed to return to Jerusalem, to, Ju to, to Judaism, but many chose not to. The Sahavids proclaimed Shia Islam as official state religion. Shia Islam differs in some ways in, from, with Sunni Islam, the dominant denomination in the Muslim world. One difference is the greater emphasis on ritual purity, tahara. All non-Muslims, including Jews, are viewed as ritually unclean, not Najis. The Quran instructs Muslims to avoid contact with non-Muslims. A simple Quranic verse reads, O you who believe, do not take the Jews and the Christians for friends. They are friends of each other. Of each other, and whoever amongst you takes them for a friend, then surely he is one of them. Surely Allah does not guide the unjust principle. The Shia take, takes to this a greater extreme than Sunnis. Physical contact with Jews and other non-Muslims requires Shias to conduct ritual purification before participating in prayer services. Thus, Persian Shia, thus Persian Shia avoided contact with Jews and other non-Muslims. Jews were excluded from public baths. Authorities sought to make Jews stay indoors when it rained least. Their impurity would be washed washed onto Muslims. Further deterioration in the treatment of Persian Jews occurred during the reign of Shah Abbas I. He began with relatively benign policies towards the Jews. The Jewish communities enjoyed an narrative of relative prosperity. They were, they were allowed to remove Istvan, the new capital. The Shah became harsher in old, old age. The Shia uh, clergy and converted Jewish advisors pressed the Shah to take actions against the Jews. Jewish ghettos were re-established and more rigorously enforced. Jews had to wear both a yellow badge and distinctive headwear. Their oaths were not accepted in legal courts. This essentially strips them of legal protection. Jews were not the only groups targeted. Both Christians and Zoroastrians were also harshly persecuted. Sunni Muslims in many ways fared the worst.
Jews and Christians, as people of the book, at least had some Quranic protections. Sunnis were seen as heretics without any Quranic protection. Persian Jews were, were, were to wear a badge and head, headwear identifying them. The Shah then expelled the Jews from Isfahan to preserve the purity of his capital. The Shah ordered all Persian Jews to convert. Massacres and for, forced conversions ensued. The Persian Jewish population far, fell sharply to less than 0.1 million. There were advantages to conversion. A Jewish convert could... could would be legally recognized as a sole inheritor of the family estate. Jews, Jewish relatives, no, no matter how close to the deceased, were denied claims. The Safavids established a rigid Islamic religious hierarchy which, which virtual limited power and, and influence in every sphere of life, far beyond religious life. This is when the modern authority of the Iranian mullahs was born. Surviving Jewish chronicles from this period are full of accounts of massacre, forced conversion to Islam, and the wide range, wide range of mistreatment. Persian Jews were enforced to sever all relations with Jews and in other and, and others in foreign countries. Salafid officials had official, eventually had second thoughts. It was a, this was a costly step as the converted Jews no longer had to pay jizya. It was widely believed that they continued to pra practice Judaism in secret. Authorities allowed them to, thus allowed them to revert, but they still had to wear a required identifying patch. Sunni Muslim Nadir Shah um, ended Shia Islam position as a state religion. The situation of Persian Jews has improved. They were even allowed to live in any Shiite holy city of Mashhad. During the reign of the Safavids, they proclaimed Shia Islam the state religion. This led to deterioration of their, in the treatment of Persian Jews. Safavid Shiism assigns importance to issue, issues of ritual purity, Tahara. Non-Muslims, including Jews, are deemed to be ritually unclean, Najis. At any physical as any physical contact will require Shias to undertake ritual purification before doing regular prayers. Thus, Persian rulers and the general populace sought to limit sought to limit physical contact between Muslim and Jews. Jews were excluded from public baths by used by Muslims. They were forbidden to go outside during rain or snow, as an impurity could be washed from them upon a Muslim. The reign of Shah Abbas was initially benign. Jews prospered through the Persia. Persia, throughout Persia and were current to style in Shfahan, which was made a new capital. Toward the end of its rule, treatment of Jews became more harsh. Shia clergy, including a Jewish convert, persuaded the Shah to require Jews to wear a distinctive badge on clothing and headgear. In 15, 1656, the Shah ordered the expulsion from Isfahan of all Jews because of the common belief of their impurity. They were forced to convert to Islam. The treasury suffered from the loss of jizya collected from the Jews. People rumored that the converts continued to practice Judaism in secret. For whatever reason, the government in 1661 allowed Jews to take up their old religion, but, were still but still required them to wear a distinctive patch upon their clothing. Nadir Shah, Shah allowed the Jews uh, to settle in the Shia holy city of Mashaad. However, following, many, following his murder, many Jews were massacred in Mashaad, and survivors were forcibly converted in an event known as the al Adad incident. They became known as Jadid al-Islam, new converts, and they appeared superficially to accept the new religion, but in fact lived their lives as crypto Jews. The community permanently left in Iran. The community per permanently left Iran in 1946, and still there's a tiny new community in Israel today. Um, Baba Ben Nuriel Ahaham, rabbi from Ishwan, who at the behest of Nader Shah As Asfar, translated the Putanech of the Psalms of David from Hebrew into Persian. Three other rabbis helped him in the translation, which begun in, in Rabbi uh, II, and it completed in Jamada I. At the same time, eight Muslim mullahs and three European and five Armenian priests translated the Quran and the Gospels. The commission was supervised by Mr. Muhammad Mahi Khan Masi. The Quran Ar Ar author of the 
Tariq Ashaza Nadari, Finnish translations were presented to the Nader Shalai in Kazbin in June 1741, who, however, was not impressed. There had been previous translations of Jewish, the Jewish holy books into Persian, but the Baba's translation is notable for the accuracy of Persian equivalents of Hebrew words, which has made it the su subject study of linguists, by linguists. Baba's first introduction Introduction of the translation of the Psalms David is unique and sheds a certain amount of light on the teaching methods of Iranian Jewish schools in 18th century Iran. He is not known to have written anything else. The advent of the Shia Qajar dynasty in 1794 brought back the earlier persecutions. The Jews lived in relative peace, prospered in small communities, and survived a number of upheavals. They did fairly well under the Afghans and the Zans, but were treated poorly under Qajars. In the late 19th century, which was lasted from 1796 to 1925, in the late 19th century, European Jews intervened on their behalf and helped them fight discrimination and set up European style schools. The pattern of relative calm, followed by intense anti-Semitism, continued for 100 years. Intolerance always resurfaced, and under Shah Abbas of the Safavid era in the late 16th centuries and beyond, Jews were actively forced to wear identifying garments and eventually were required to convert to Shiism. The Kitab al-Nusi, the book of a forced convert, 17th century author Babai ben Lot describes the circumstances of the Jews in Iran at the time and writes of his experiences as many one of the Anusim, outer converts who kept Judaism in secret. As the rise of the Shah Abbas' grandson, Shah Safi I, a few decades later, Jews were free to readopt their faith. But not long afterwards, under Shah Abbas II, they were once again persecuted by those who disagreed with the move of the ban. The Qajar dynasty continued to the repressive and intolerant policies of the Safavids and the Jewish community in Iran saw little change until the 19th century. In 1839, the Qajar king Muhammad Shah ordered the entire Jewish community of the, in the city of Mashhad to convert to Islam. European powers intervened and for the first time the decree was reversed. Lord Kurzan described the 19th century regional differences in the situation of the Persian Jews. In Ishfan, where they are said to be 3,700 and where they occupy relatively better status than elsewhere in Persia, they are not dependent to wear the kola or Persian headdress, to have shops in the bazaar, to build the walls of their house as high as their Muslim neighbors, or to ride in the street. In Tehran and Kashan, they are also found to they are also found to be in, they are also to be found in large numbers and enjoying a fair position. In Shiraz, they are badly, very badly off. In Bushire. They are prosperous and free from persecution. In the 19th century, the colonial powers from Europe began owning numerous forced conversions and massacres, usually generated by Shia clergy. Two major blood libel conspiracies had taken place during this period, one in Shiraz and another Tabriz. In 1830, a blood libel had wiped out the Jewish population of Tabriz. A power struggle over influence between Jewish and Christian minorities led the Armenians to kidnap and murder a Muslim child from a prominent family, delivering the body to a chief secretary, claiming that the Jews had murdered and drank the, and drank the blood of, of the child for Passover. A document, recorded, a document recorded after the incident stated that Jews had two, faced two options convert to Islam or death. Amid the chaos, Jews had converted, but most refused to convert to Islam. Described within the document was a boy of age 16 named Nahia who refused to convert to Islam. He was subsequently killed. The same year saw a forcible, a forcible conversion of the Jews of Shiraz over a similar incident. In addition to the Al-Ahad incident mentioned in 1839, European travelers reported Jews of Tabraz and Shiraz continued to practice Judaism in secret despite a fear for the persecutions. Famous Iranian Jewish teachers such as Mullah Dawood Chadi continued to practice and preach Judaism, inspiring Jews throughout the nation. Jews of Bar Barfush Marzan were, forced, were forcibly converted in 1866, when the French and British ambassadors interfered to allow them to practice traditional religion. 
A mob, ate, a mob killed 18 Jews of Barfurush. Perhaps these things happened earlier too, but went unnoticed by historians. European pressure on the reigning government also led to the opening of the first modern Jewish school in 1891 by a royal decree from Nasser ad-Din Shah. Teachers and students had to be escorted by the police to stop Shiite zealots from attacking them. In 1894, a representative from the Yolande Israel Universelle, a Jewish humanitarian and educational organization, wrote from Tehran that every time that a priest wishes to emerge from obscurity and a Win and win a reputation for piety, he preaches war against the Jews. In 1901, the riot of Sheikh Abraham was sparked against the Jews of Tehran. An Imam began speaking on the importance of ridding alcohol for the sake of Islamic purity. He soon gained followers, and this soon manifested itself into an assault against the Jews for refusing to give up to the wine they drank for Shabbat. In 1910, Muslims rumored that the Jews of Shiraz had originally murdered a Muslim girl. Muslims plundered the whole Jewish quarter. The, the first uh, to start looting were soldiers sent by the local governor to defend the Jews against the enraged mob. Twelve Jews who tried to defend their property were killed, and many others injured. Representatives of the Alliance Israel Universelle recorded numerous instances of persecution and debasement of Persian Jews. In the late 9th to 10th 19th to early 20th century, thousands of Persian Jews escaped to the territory of present-day Israel within the Ottoman Empire to escape such persecution. Intolerance surfaced in every dynasty throughout Iran's history, and by the 18th and early 19th century, the Jewish population had been reduced significantly. The approximately 3,000 Jews, Jews living in Shiraz by 1830 had sunk, shrunk to mere 500 over the next 20 years. <coughs> And historians have concluded that around 2,500 of them converted to Islam to escape persecution. Nonetheless, the, the victimized communities, however small, maintained a presence in Iran, even when their leaders were imprisoned or tortured. Throughout the 19th century, Jews were persecuted and discriminated against. Sometimes, whole communities were forced to convert. During the 19th century, there was considerable immigration to the land of Israel, and the Zionist movement spread throughout the country. The end of the 19th century witnessed a fundamental change in Iran with the advent of the Constitutional Revolution. Jewish political activists, along with other minorities, actively participate in the movement. They are instrumental in forming the first multi-ethnic secret society of 1905, which began to the debate on political change. Jews, Jews Christians, Zoroastrians, and reformist Muslims fought hard in the ranks of, of the constitutionalists to form a national consultative assembly instead of an Islamic Majlis, as demanded by the religious hierarchy. Along with other religious minorities, they succeeded in their efforts to ratify laws that gave equality to Muslims and non-Muslim male citizens and defined a new concept of citizen citizenship not based on religious and ethnic identity. The 1906 constitution recognized Jews as a religious minority and allocated a seat in the Iranian parliament to, uh, to a representative elected by the country's Jewish community. Persia finally began to change with the advent of the constitu constitutional re uh, revolution. Uh, minority groups including Jewish activists participated in the movement. They were part of the they're part of the first multi-ethnic secret society. This launched the national discussion on political change. Jew Jews, Christians, Zoroastrians, and reformist Muslims uh, see strong voices among were strong voices among the constitutionalists to found a national consultative assembly. The Shia clergy insisted on Islamic majlis. Minority, minority groups, including Jews, succeeded in efforts to pass that granted e equality to all male citizens, Muslims, and non-Muslims. In World War One. A pogrom, a pogrom against the Jews in, in the Fars province was a part of an attempt by local politicians to influence in European governments. The last year of the Quadra dynasty from uh, 1794 to 1925 saw a constitutional movement in Persia. It was a high point in 1908 with a guarantee of freedom of religion amongst the Jewish, Christian, and Zoroastrian communities. 
in a move that remains unchanged to the present. All three communities had the right to elect one delegate to the parliament, although they could not participate in the election of other delegates. In 1925, the advent of the Pahlavis changed the history of Iranian history. Uh, Reza Khan, the founder of the dynasty, was an, was an officer in the Iranian army. A talented and ambitious and political astute man, he ascended the throne in December 1925. His rise to power marked a new era not only for the Iranian people, but also for the Jews of Iran. Under Reza Shah, the economic situation of the Jews improved. All discriminatory laws and decrees were repealed. Jews and members of other religious minorities could join the army, enroll in, in government schools, and live wherever they wanted. The ghettos Malaya were a thing of the past. The Pahlavi dynasty implemented modernizing reforms. There were fundamental changes affecting the Jewish community. The influence of the Shia clergy with strong anti-Semitic views based on the Quran was weakened. The government abolished restrictions on Jews and other religious minorities. Reza Shah prohibited for forced mass conversion of Jews. He eliminated the Shia concept of unclean of, un, Shia concept of unclean of non-Muslims. Modern, modern Hebrew was allowed to be taught as a part of the curriculum in Jewish schools. Jewish newspapers were allowed to be published. Jews were also allowed to serve in government jobs. Jewish schools were closed in the 1920s. Reza Shah's development of the close relations with Nazi Germany caused anxiety among Iranian Jew, uh, Jew possibly of Nazi, Jews of possible Nazi-style Nazi persecutions, and there were probably more anti-Semitic public sentiment in Iran than in Germany when Hitler seized power as a result of Quran passages and teaching by Islamic clergy. After World War II, with the aid of oil income, this greatly improved the lives of the population, including Jews. When U.S., Soviet, and British forces occupied Iran in autumn 1941, the eldest son of Reza Shah, Mohammad Reza, succeeded his father. The occupation of Iran from 1941 to 1946, marked the beginning of the one of the most dynamic periods in the country's modern history. Like other com composites of Iranian society, Jews resumed their political activities. They founded clubs, organized training groups, and published their own newspapers. Many Persian Jews helped the Tehran children and other Russian and Polish refugees who were escaping uh, who were escaping Nazi persecution by going to the British mandate of Palestine through Iran. The Pahlavi dynasty, which began under Reza Shah and continued under his son Muhammad Reza Shah through the 20th century, outlawed the uncleanliness of non-Muslim of the non-Muslim of non-Muslim concept. With the resulting economic boon under the Shah, Iran's Jews moved into the economic mainstream, and in 1950, his government officially recognized the fledgling state of Israel. Economic and political linkage followed. One year later, 8,000 Iranian Jews immigrated to Israel, but again, many more remained. Iran was the lone Muslim country that did, that did not expel its Jewish population after Israel's founding. At the time of the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948, there were approximately 140,000 to 150,000 Jews living in Iran, the historical center of Persian Jewry. Over 95% since migrated abroad. The violence and disruption in Arab life associated with the founding of Israel and its victory in 1948 Arab-Israeli war drove increased anti-Jew sentiment in Iran. This continued until 1953, in part because of the weakening of the central government and strengthening of clergy in the political struggles between the Shah and the Prime Minister Mohammad Mughasid. From 1948 to 1953, about one-third of Iranian Jews, most of them poor, immigrated to Israel. David Lemon puts the total figure of Iranian Jews who immigrated to Israel between 1948 and 1978 at 70,000. After the disposition of Mozadigeh in 1953, the reign of, the Sh of Shah Mohammad Reza Pahlavi was the most prosperous era of the, for the Jews of, of Iran. In, 19, in the 1970s, only 1% 1 of Iranian Jews were classified as a lower class, 80% were middle class, and 10% were wealthy. Although Jews accounted for only a small percentage of Iran, Iran's population. In 1979, two of the 18 members of the Iranian Academy of Sciences, um, 
80 of the 4,000 university lecturers and 600 of the 10,000 physicians in Iran were Jewish. The Shah's modernization of Iran, however, and the golden age he provided to the country's Jews was a double-edged sword, and over time his regime became increasingly repressive and despotic. It was an open secret that the Shah had been... Had had been restored to power in August 1953 with a VICIA coup, and many disgruntled Iranians gradually grew more vocal in their hostility towards him. In general, in the late 1970s was a time when everybody, not just the Jews, knew they had to be careful not to say anything that might offend the Shah's court, writes one historian. Prior to the Iranian Revolution or Islamic Revolution in 1979, there were 100,000 Jews in Iran, mostly concentrated in Tehran, which was the, with a population of 60,000, 60,000, Shiraz, 18,000, Kermanshah, 4,000, Isfahan, 3,000. Jews were also located in other various cities throughout Iran, Iran Iran, including Ermia, 800, Salmas, 400, Menadoab, 660, Bane, Mashad, Kashan, Sandaj, Sakes, Taze, Kale, Chak, sorry for pronouncing these names wrong, I do not speak Persian, or Farsi, whatever you want to call it, Chizake, Loi, Bash, Kale, Garus, Kaslan, Hamadan, Turkishian, Nahvanad, Kermashnah, Hashtrud, Zehab, Babol, Sihal, Damavan, Bushir, Kazrun, Torbat el Hadrea, Sarhas, Yaz, Arak, and Karmabad. The Iranian Jewish immigration to Israel is, is not a recent phenomenon. Of Iranian Jews living in Israel in the early 1900s, 40, 41% immigrated to British Mandatory Palestine before the establishment of Israel there in 1948. Only 15% were admitted between 1975 and 1991. They even immigrated chiefly because of religious persecution. The Council of the Jewish Community was established after World War II as the representative body of the community. Um, the Jews also have a representative in Parliament who is obligated by law to support Iranian foreign policy and its, and its anti-Zionist position. Under the Okay, under the Pahlavis um, from 1925 until 1978, most restrictions against Jews were lifted, and Jews participated in many facets of commerce and the government. The shop personally guaranteed. The Shahs personally guaranteed the safety of the Jews and allowed them to own land, and were giving other basic rights denied them denied to them in the past. Before the establishment of the state of Israel, Jews were found in every major city. Rural Jews were found in the Fars province and Kurdistan. The ten largest communities were in Isfahan and Shiraz. In 1950, uh, 50,000 Jews lived in Tehran. Under the, Shah, under the Shah, the safety of the Jews was guaranteed. Articles 13, Article 13 of Iran's constitution, which says that only Zoroastrians, Jews, and Christians are recognized as religious minorities and have the right to practice religion within the limits of the law. Jews, Jews emigrated to Israel in several waves, Iranian Jews. The, the last large wave began in autumn, autumn 1978, and lasted through the Islamic Revolution in 1979. After the Islamic Revolution in 1979, many Jews emigrated to Israel and the United States. The Ayatollah Khomeini, leader of Iran's Islamic Revolution in 1979, singled out Jews in his populist rebel-rousing speeches. He condemned the Shah with his first ties with Israel, Israel and asserted that Jews were trying to take over Iran. The events of 1978 to 1979, when the Ayatollah assumed power in Iran, shocked observers for the hostility uh, and pronounced Islam tone they took. Some of those Jews able to do so, the numbering in, in, ten, in tens of thousands, left Iran amid the chaos. Iranian Jews, through a happy and prosperous period after the Second War until the advent of the Islamic Revolution in 1979. The Islamic Republic, hostile to the state of Israel, looked on Iranian Jews with suspicion. By the end of 2000, Islamic Revolutionary Courts had executed almost 20 Jews. 
The Constitution of 1979, however, recognized the Jews as a religious minority and granted them a seat in the parliament. Iranian Jews have their own organizations, including the Anajman Tamihi Tehran, the Jew Society of Tehran, which publishes a periodical, Persian Bina. In 1979, Atoya Khomeini overthrew the Iranian monarchy, the Shah of Iran, and established an Islamic Republic. The Islamic Revolution led to another period of immigration, both to the United States and Israel. Today, the large Jewish population in Iran is centered in Tehran. The estimated Jewish population in Iran ranges as few as 11,000 to as many 90,000. I'm, I'm guessing around 8,000 to 10,000. Despite this small number, Iran has the largest Jewish community in the Middle East, apart from Israel, and has greater Jewish population than any other Muslim country. Under Ayatollah Khomeini, a number of Jewish leaders, Jewish leaders were executed. Jews were harassed, Jewish schools were seized, Jewish newspapers were closed down, and Jewish schools were forced amid Muslim, forced amid Muslim students and teachers and incorporate state propaganda into their curriculum. Foreign Jewish aid organizations were stopped, but after a while, blatant suppression stopped, the Jew stopped and Jews were able to find a place for themselves in Islamic Iran. About half of Iran's Jewish population had emigrated at the time that the Islamic Revolution disposed the Shah. Many of those remaining Jews fled the country within months of the revolution. Revolutionary authorities arrested Habib Al-Ghanan, the honorary leader of the, the, the country's Jewish community. Officials charged him with corruption, con contacts with Israel and Zionism. Friendships with the enemies of God, warring with God and his enemies, and economic imperialism. He was tied in his, uh, all those in quotation marks, by the way. He was tied in an Islamic Revolutionary Tribunal and sentenced to death. He was executed on May 8th. There were some 80,000, there were still some 80,000 Jews in Iran, mostly in Tehran, when the Ayatollah Khomeini seized power. This began an era of religious persecution for non-Shiites, especially the Jews who were seen by many fundamentalists as an alien people as well as a security risk. The increased focus of the Quran mean, mean, means the revival of Mena and anti-Semitic passages. This only increased emigration as a result of rising religious persecution. The once vibrant minority collapsed, declining to about, plunging to about one-fourth of its size, and the, and the emigration continues. Most of Iranian Jews emigrated to the United States. Smaller numbers emigrated to Europe and Israel. A factor here was that Iranian Jews Jewish, uh, Iranian authorities did not permit direct emigration to Israel. Various estimates of Iran's Jewish population exist. The consensus seems to be about 35 to 40,000 people, but uh, in 2020, as I'm recording this, it is around 8,000 to 10,000 people, mostly, mostly living in Tehran. While a fraction of the former population, it is the largest Jewish community in the Middle East outside of Israel. Persecution and discrimination against Jews still exist. The blood money payment for the death of a Jew is one-eighth that of killing a Muslim. One Jew in Ishmahan told National Geographic, from the time of the Arab conquest, Jews have lived in relative peace with their overlords. Theoretically, we have had to only pay a special tax, but in fact we have been made to feel in many ways like second-class citizens. Often we have been restricted in certain quarters of, a, of the city, or limited to certain traits of, of a kind of dress. Here in Isfahan, for instance, we are still, still not allowed in public baths. Iran was involved in a terrorist attack of Jewish community in, in, in the Jewish community center of Argentina in 1994 that left 85 people, mostly Jews, dead. According to an Iranian operative who defected to Germany in 1996, officials at the Iranian embassy in Argentina hashed a plan in 1992. The defector also claimed that the Argentine president, Carlos Menem, was, was reportedly paid $10 million by the Iranian government to cover up Iranian terror, terrorism in Argentina. Menem 
is of Arab descent, and the Iranians believe that he has anti-Semitic feelings. The money came from a 200 million Swiss account controlled by the son of Ayatollah Khomeini and President Rajapan. Menem denied the, char the charges as preposterous. There's strong evidence of a cover-up. In March 1999, 13 Jews were arrested in Shiraz and Isfahan for spying for the Zionist regime, i.e. Israel, on charges believed to be Trump for political reasons. The case was tr tried in a revolutionary court dominated by Islamic clerics where decisions are based on Islamic law. In June 2000, 10 of the 13 convicted were, were of being members of an illegal group and, that cooperated with Israel and were, given, and were given sentences of 4 to 13 years in prison. Three were acquitted. Two Muslims were convicted of aiding the group. The arrest and convictions sent a chill through the Jewish community. A number of countries condemned Iran for the move and called for the charges to be dropped. Many human rights groups through the arrest were an effort were, were, were an effort by hardliners in the Iranian government to embarrass reformers. The convicted Jews included a rabbi, two university professors, several teachers and, a sh and shop clerks, a government official, and 16-year-old student and a kosher butcher. None of the accused were were allowed much contact with lawyers during the 16-month period in prison before the verdict was announced. They were initially charged with violating exchange controls and dividing rules that segregated males and females in classrooms. Only the latter, only later, they were charged with spying. The shift is one reason why the charges were believed to be trumped up. Eight of the defendants confessed, quotation marks, to spying, and two did so in front of television cameras. One said, I have been accused of espionage for Israel. I do accept the charge. I have been spying for Israel. In my trip to Israel in 1994, I was trained for my activity. He explained he was part of a spy network. The confession was believed by many to, to be coerced. Little hard evidence was offered other than the 16-year-old youth sent emailed messages to Israel. One of the defendants worked on a secret aviation project. Several others had been contracted in the military. Some made long-distance calls to Israel, and some had made secret trips to Israel, a common practice among some Iranian Jews because travel to, because travel to Israel is against the law. In September 2000, uh, an appeals court reduced the sentence, of, and two of the 12 were freed after, after they served the sentences. In April 2003, the last Jews accused of spying were released. On the eve of Passover in 1999, 13 Jews from Shiraz and Isfahan in southern Iran were arrested and accused of spying for Israel in the United States. In September 2000, an Iranian appeals court upheld the decision of, to imprison 10 of, of the 13 Jews accused of spying for Israel. In the appeals court, 10 of the accused were found guilty of cooperating with Israel and were given prison terms for ranging from 2 to 9 years. Three of the accused were found innocent in the first trial. In March, in March 2001, one of the imprisoned Jews was released. A second was freed in January 2000. The remaining eight were, were, set, were set free in late October 2002. The last five were apparently released on furlough for an indefinite period, leaving them vulnerable to future arrest. Three others were reportedly pardoned by Abraham's supreme leader, Atoya Ali Khamenei. At least 13 Jews have been executed in Iran since the Islamic Revolution, most of them for either religious reasons or the connection to Israel. For example, in May 1998, Jewish businessman Rutola Kalhoda Zadeh was hanged in prison without public, a public charge or legal proceeding, apparently for assisting Jews to emigrate. From early 1978 until the year 2000, more than 60,000 Jews left Iran, mostly from Tehran. Most of them settled in the United States. An estimated 30,000 Jews still live in Iran today, but as I said, you know, it's around 8,000 to 10,000. The largest Jewish community in the Muslim world. Jews are, conscripted into, Jews are conscripted into the Iranian armed forces like all Iranian citizens. Many Iranian Jews fought during the Iran-Iraq war from 1980 to 1988 as drafted soldiers and about 15 were killed. Most Iranian Jews 
say that they view Iran as a home and are allowed to practice Judaism freely, but there is fear and suspicion too. In 2006, the Iranian Foreign Ministry hold, holded, hosted an international conference on the Holocaust, Review of the Holocaust Global Vision. Rather than respected historians with varying opi opinions, uh, the Foreign Ministry in invited a bevy of carefully chosen anti-Semites and Holocaust deniers chosen to agree with pre President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and the Foreign Ministry. Representatives, representative invitees included David Duke, a former U.S. KKK leader, George Steele, a Frenchman who who charges that the Holocaust is an enormous lie, and Frederick Tobin, a German-born Australian who claims to be an expert on the gas chamber issue. Several different subjects were discussed. How did the Zionists collaborate with Hitler? Holocaust denial is, is a, the personal passion of, pre, of President Ahmadinejad. The invitees signaled that Ahmadinejad had no interest on the top, in the topic itself, or respected historians would have been invited. Rather, his interest is multi, his, rather his interest is to promote his point of view. The question becomes, why do people like him deny the Holocaust? Is an opportunity to irritate the Israelis. It also undermines the legitimacy of Israel because the UN resolution partitioning Palestine was improved in part because of the sympathy generated by the Holocaust. The Holocaust is a major event in modern Israel's national ethos. Another factor may be that that another factor may be that this is an issue that Shia Iran can reach common ground with Sunni Arab states. From all indicators, Ahmadjad is actually serious about this. Notably, he wants to. He once, he, he notably, he wrote to German Chancellor Angela Merkel, um, looting the uh, achievements of German culture and expressed concerns that the propaganda machinery after World War II have a sown collateral that has caused some people to believe that they are the guilty part. Ahmadinejad is not the first Iranian leader to express sympathy with the Nazis. Reza Shah Khan was a minor Adolf Hitler and Nazi race theory. He believed Persians to be part of the master race. Iranian's Jewish, Iran's Jewish communities officially recognized as a religious minority by the government, and, and, and like the Zoroastrians and Christians, they are allocated one seat in the Iranian parliament. Siamak Moreh is the current Jewish member of the parliament, replacing Maurice Motamid in the 2008 election. In 2000, the former Jewish MP Mansour Eliassi estimated that at the time there were 60,000 to 85,000 Jews in Iran. Most other sources put the figure at 25,000. As of 2018, only 8,500 8, Jews still live in Iran, and they constitute 0.01% of the Iranian population, a number confirmed by Sergio de Pergola, a leading Jewish demographer. Iranian Jews have their own newspaper, called Ufko Ebina, with Jewish scholars performing Judaic research at Tehran Central Library of Jewish Association. The Dr. Sapir Jewish Hospital is Iran's largest charity hospital of any religious minority in the country. However, most of its patients and staff are Muslim. Chief Rabbi Yusuf Hamadi Cohen was the president was the present spiritual leader for the Jewish community of Iran from 1994 to 2007, when he was succeeded by Mashallah Golestan and Najad. In August 2000, Chief Rabbi Cohen met with Iranian President Mohammad Khatami for the first time. In 2003, Chief Rabbi Cohen Maurice Mohammed met with President Khatami at Yusuf Abad Synagogue, which was the first time the President of Iran had visited the synagogue since the Islamic Revolution. Yerun Yashie was is the chairman of the Jewish community of Tehran and Iran's and of Iran's Jewish community. On January 26, uh, uh, 2007, Yashie's letter to Pre President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad concerning his Holocaust analysis comments brought about worldwide media attention. Jews of Iran had best been known for certain occupations like making gold jewelry and dealing in antiques, textiles, and carpets. Two synagogues of the Iranian, in the Iranian city of Shiraz were vandalized during the last week of December 2017. The Randall's ripped Torah scrolls, threw paper 
prayer books and toilets, sold religious garments, and smashed various ritual objects. Shiraz has had a Jewish population of approximately 2,000. Today, Iran's Jewish population is the second largest in the Middle East, after Israel. Reports vary as to the condition and treatment of the small, tiny community, and the population of Iran's Jews can only be estimated due to the community's isolation from world Jewry. The Jewish community of Iran is alive and well, although they live under a the oppressive Islamic regime. In Iran's capital city of Tehran, there are 13 active synagogues that hold weekly services, 5 Jewish schools, 2 Jewish kindergartens, and a 100-bed capacity Jewish hospital. Although there are significant active Jewish communities all around the country, Tehran's community is the most significant. In the decades of the Islamic Revolution of 1979, an estimated 85% of the Jews living in Iran, over 60,000, emigrated to Israel and the United States. Israel now hosts the largest population of Iranian Jews at more than 47,000, with an additional 87,000 descendants of paternal lineage and 65 to 70,000 of maternal lineage. Kfar Saba is a social center for Persian Jewry, while also by many also settled in Jerusalem, Netanya, and Tel Aviv. Immigration to the United States brought the entire community to coastal cities, most prominently Great Neck, New York, and Los Angeles, California, where Jewish traditions have, have been maintained more potently than were upheld by immigrants of European countries. The estimated number of Persian Jews in America is in the high, in the high tens of thousands, but it's not certain the numbers will continue to increase. Both Israel and the United States are, to, are home to large Persian Jewish communities. Israel has around 250,000 Pers, Persian Jewish citizens, and the United States has a population of close to 100,000. The largest community lives on the west side of Los Angeles, California, the Great Neck region of Long Island, New York. Contains more contains other significant Pers, per, Persian Jewish community. Um, you know, when when comparing to Los Angeles and the United States, the Persian Jewish communities in both Israel and the United States remain close knit. Maintaining a, a strong cultural identity. Jews who live in Iran today are allowed to practice religion freely and are counted as Iranian Jews and not as Zionist Israeli Jews, as Iran considers um, as Iran is considered an enemy of Israel. But they cannot get high-ranking positions in the government or the military. And in my opinion, there is a bit of fear that anti-Semitism can rise up at any moment. More about the Jews living in Iran and their relationship to Israel will be discussed in another section in this episode.